Hey, welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. Today, Pastor Dave wraps up his series entitled Signs with Part 7. And afterwards, check out our website, HoughtonBaptist.org. A lot of information about the church and things going on at the church. Pastor will be starting a new series entitled I Am. That'll be coming up on September 17th. More information to follow. Hey, if you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about and you want to check it out, come check out Houghton Baptist Church every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you. Come as you are. We do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. to get up and speak after that kind of uh, worship uh, because it just brings us to the presence of Christ and engage Him and man, I get all sappy and emotional and tears are flowing and like I said, you guys have it easy. We're going to dismiss our little ones for junior church. There are junior church workers in back waiting for your little ones. If you're new here, make sure to sign them in and go pick them up and sign them out. Man, God is something special for our church this morning. You know why? Because I faced opposition this last week. The enemy was uh, working overtime and trying to prevent what we were going to do this morning. And I bet in just you getting here with your family and all the chaos, and if you've got little ones, there's family every Sunday morning. Uh, Maybe if you don't have little ones, there's still chaos. Maybe an argument broke out in the car and you're feeling like worshiping Jesus and You know what I'm talking about. We laugh because it's the truth. And then once we leave here, we have the same argument. We pick right back up. I pray that we engage God this morning. All right, let's pray and ask that God would do a work, and then we'll get into the preaching of His Word. Father God, it is so nice to be in a place where it's comfortable and it's cool the air condition feels good. We have comfortable seats and the lighting's just right and we have our cup of coffee and God, we get to engage you. But Lord, we know that it doesn't stop at the seat. It doesn't stop at attending. It doesn't stop at just coming. Lord, you have much more for us. God, I pray this morning that as we, we battle and we do life and we're going through hard things and, and maybe some of us aren't going through much, difficulties, but there's just that presence of evil in our culture, and there's things happening around us, and there's temptations that draw us away from your presence and your goodness, and Lord, I pray, God, that you would, first of all, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would speak directly to every individual that sits in this room this morning, God, that you have a special word for them, Lord, I pray that you would restore health to my physical body, strengthen me, Lord, we pray for your power and presence, not only in my life and my family's life, but in the presence of this church and all of our families, and not just our families and those that come here, but God, the community in which we're trying to reach for your name. God, I pray that you would do a mighty work. Help us to engage you this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday night, we took the kids out camping. Now, mind you, this was only our second time using our camper. I don't know if you call a camper camping. We're really roughing it out there. Uh, But we were all tucked in for the night playing games with the kids, and then all of a sudden the power goes out. Pitch black. 
Kipton was already super fussy. That's our three-year-old. Three-year-old. So heading home wasn't really an option for us. We we're about an hour outside of town. So I ventured out as dad should, trying to find out what had happened to the power. I ended up swapping outlets and ran it to another cabin. Still nothing. Still pitch black. After a bit of messing around with the cord, real technical. <laughs> I'll just mess with the cord. It comes back on. We get back in the cabin. Everything settles down, all for the lights to go back off again. We, we check the breaker and nothing. I head back out looking around. Oh, of course, as being dad, I was frustrated. I was irritated. Then I noticed that the power cord connected to the camper was adding extra weight. So it kept just disconnecting. I should have thought about that, right? So I said, Pulled the cord out and I laid it on the ground, taking pressure off of it. And the power remained on the rest of the night. We, we go through life like this, don't we? Frustrated. Anybody frustrated this morning? Amen? Not in church, right? Uh, impatient. We have periods of, of darkness that we can't quite explain happening in our life. Times where things get really tough. Really ugly, really difficult times where, where we become disconnected and yet everything seems to be in place. The weight of this life slowly disconnects us from God and the things of God which causes us to live without the power, power we were created to live with. Today we're going to look at the seventh and final sign in our series. Everybody say signs. You guys start off so strong. Interactive preaching, right? You don't just get to sit there. This is a sign that I believe we desperately need to see today, this morning. Jesus Christ and his closest friends, they get into some trouble and darkness takes over. And they need a miracle. I wonder how many here this morning need a miracle They need Jesus Christ to step in and defeat death. See, there are two types of darkness. I want want you to be thinking about this as we look at today's text. The first type of darkness is this. You have yet to put your faith and trust in Christ. You understand who He is and, and what He's done, but you haven't taken that next step by becoming a believer. In other words, you haven't connected to the power source. The second type of darkness is this. You're a believer, a child of God, a follower of Jesus, but this life has changed you. You've allowed circumstances and difficulties to consume your everyday thinking and decision-making, and you need for God, everybody say you need, to restore power and light back in your life. You desperately need God. You need His presence. You need His power. You need His love. You need Him. Turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. As we're going to wrap up this series this morning, John chapter 11, verses 38 through 44. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles in the front of your seat, below the chair. If you have a smartphone or tablet, feel free to use that. No internet games. All right, Brian gets to play on 
on Facebook. John chapter 11. It's fine if you want to make posts and such about the message. I don't care about that. John chapter 11, verse 38. No candy crush, though. I can't stand that game. Drives me nuts. John chapter 11, verse 38 through 44. The seventh sign. Everybody there? You ready? Amen? All right. It says this, And Jesus, angry in himself again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. I love that. Remove the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, he already stinks. Nasty, hey? I just love that. It's been four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Loose him, let him go. Let's stop there. Notice it says Jesus was angry in himself when... He came to the tomb. Jesus was angry at himself when he came to the tomb. When, when it comes to difficult things that we face, we, we tend to get angry. Don't we? Am I the only one? And, and we blame Jesus for, for not being there or for not caring about what we're going through. It's always his fault, isn't it? It's God's fault that we're facing such difficulties. It's, it's his fault. No matter what's happening in life, we tend to blame our Maker. It never has anything to do with us, ever, or how we're living, right? The other day, my oldest son, I was watching through the, through the window, he threw a basketball at his sister in the head, and he had the nerve to come in and, and blame her for the situation. Dad, she ran by me. I was like, what? Dad, she ran by me, I just had to, to throw it at her. It was her fault. And then he shifted blame on the other kids. Dad, we always do that. It's just something we do outside, you know? <laughs> we throw basketballs at each other. We're, we're playing tag. And I said, listen, so what, what are you doing trying to you know, talk with him about these things? And then he says, listen, you're being rude. I said, me? As mom and dad were trying to assess the situation, you're shifting blame. Well, you're being rude to me. No, son. You can't throw basketballs at your sister's head, <laughs> right? Listen, I, w- I was a little boy. I get it. I did dumb stuff like that. And all of you that are laughing, you probably did the same thing to your siblings. We're so good at just, even as adults, at blaming others, especially God, when things go wrong in our life, when, when life gets really tough. Rarely, rarely do we see the, the reason behind the circumstances that we face in life. We're not looking for a reason. We're just trying to shift blame to God. We don't want to figure it out. Why is God allowing such things in our life? We just want to shift blame. When I'm hurting or going through something tough myself, I'm quick to blame God. I'll admit that to you. Or get upset at Him. Why? Why? 
Because I know that God I serve can prevent what I'm facing. And it makes it hard. It makes it difficult. Jesus has the ability, this is what blows our mind as we serve God, He has the ability to change the outcome, and sometimes He does not. He just withdraws and He holds back. Oh, it's frustrating, isn't it? The frustrations and the anger and the bitterness, all the stuff that we have, that we deal with in life, has to go somewhere, not at our spouse, husbands, (laughs) wives, not at our children, We bring those things to God. Let me just say this. God is big enough to handle all of our nonsense, all of our problems, all of our bad attitudes, our wrong choices, our complaints. He can handle it. Everybody say, He can handle it. Here in today's text, it says, Jesus was angry in Himself. When I read this, I am encouraged (laughs) because I get angry. I get disappointed. I let difficult things, hard things in life that we face as a family and personally get to me sometimes. It grieves. Have you ever grieved over something, right, that's, that's been gnawing at you and irritating you, right? And here in this moment, it says that Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the King of Kings, was angry in Himself. I can relate to that. Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest, speaking about Jesus here, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Don't miss this part. One who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. The Bible says be angry. What is that? Be angry and sin not. So it's possible to be upset. You all are going to go home with temper tantrums. Say, listen, preacher said, get angry, just don't sin. It's possible to be angry and upset and frustrated about your life, situations, circumstances without sinning. We have to be careful there, without sinning in the process. So it's okay, church, to feel this type of emotion. Why was Jesus angry? Why was Jesus angry? Why was he so emotional over the situation? Church, the man in the tomb, Lazarus, was a friend. Not, not just some follower, random follower, but a friend, a close friend to Jesus Christ. Have you ever lost a friend? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Not because they bailed on you. We have all those kind of friends, right? They just took off. Or they moved. But because you've lost someone special. Someone close to your heart. Who knew you. Who understood you who spent time with you. Jesus was wrestling with the loss of a friend here in the text. Jesus was closer to Lazarus than he was the twelve disciples. He was a brother. He was more than just a friend. See, Jesus Christ lost something special. I think we forget that as we serve Him, and as we live for Him. He was experiencing grief in this text at His very core. Church, He understands our dark places. Doesn't he? He understands our sorrows, our sadness, our hurts at a level we'll never fully understand, but we're not supposed to stay in the darkness. There's a time that he calls us out. There's a time to step out of the cave when he calls.
Jesus experienced great suffering in his life. Did he not? Just the thought of him taking on our sin, our wretchedness, our filth, then then nailing it to the cross, allowing his physical body to be crushed for you and I, says it all about what he endured and what he suffered and what he had to go through. And that should encourage us this morning as we pursue following Jesus. He understands, he gets it. Some of you are suffering, aren't you? You put on your smile today in church. You raised your hands and you tried your best, but you're suffering. Jesus understands. At the end of the cross, the burial and the tomb, he rose from the grave. The tomb. Death wasn't the end of the story for Jesus, was it? See, he had bigger plans for for his buddy Lazarus than death. Plans that would exceed the expectations of Mary and Martha and his family and, and all those that were watching at the tomb. The tomb wasn't the end of the story for Lazarus. Can I just say this? If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the tomb is not the end for you. Lazarus had spent time around the dinner table. Just think of those times with your buddies and your friends around the table and enjoying a meal. Lazarus had this kind of community with Jesus, enjoying conversations and fellowship, discussing ministry, laughing, enjoying the company of his Savior. And he got sick. He got sick. We're not told what he had, but Lazarus died from it. He died from it. In fact, in the previous section of Scripture, the Bible says that Mary Martha sent word for Jesus. Why wouldn't they, right? Sent word for Jesus to come and help them. Their brother was dying. Jesus, your friend, your buddy, is dying. We're in need of you to come quick. And instead of rushing to their aid, you're going to love this part, he waited two days. Isn't that nice? (laughs) Some of you are waiting. Aren't you? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Two days. Everybody say two days. That was kind of weak. Everybody say two days. That may seem heartless of Jesus. Not the loving God that we look to and expect, right? We, we want... Hey, Jesus. Jesus, I, I asked you to do something for me. Hey, God, I'm going through this right now. Why am I waiting? Don't don't we respond to God this way? Why do we demand so much? That may seem heartless of Jesus, but listen to what Jesus said when he got word, when he got the message. Now picture, picture the panic, the frustration of Mary and Martha. Lazarus was dying maybe dead by this point, and he, they send word to Jesus. This is what it says. This sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God. That didn't get anybody excited? Let me say that again. This sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God. If you love Lazarus, why wouldn't he rush to help him? And that way we think. If he loved Mary and Martha, why wouldn't he do his very best to get there in a timely manner? Or better yet, prevented the whole thing from ever happening in the first place. These are the questions that we ask when we're facing uncertainty and difficulty in life. When, when life takes something from us. Let me just say this. You're going to love this part. Don't throw a hymnal at me or anything like that. God's timing is perfect. 
Isn't it easy to say amen this morning? And then we go home and we say God right now. <laughs> right? We understand it at some level. We get it. God's timing is perfect. But yet when we live this life, in the heat of the moment, we say, God, why haven't you showed up? God, I'm drowning. Where are you? And he says, two days away. (laughs) Two days away. You know that he was just two miles away from his best friend who was dying. God is never late. God is never early. God is always on time. Jesus didn't head for Judea because he had a plan in place, a greater plan for his glory, for the Father's glory. He was confident. Jesus was so confident this illness would not end in death. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, our lives won't end in death. Physically, yes, I hate to tell you, but we're all dying, aren't we? Our days are numbered. You're going to come back to this church, aren't you? pastor told you you were dying. (laughs) Our days are numbered. We will not die eternally. We will spend eternity with the Savior. No suffering, no hardships, no pain, nothing. The presence of God. I, I believe we got a taste of that this morning during worship. Just a sample. The Bible says we will be raised up in the last days. I'm looking forward to that. Sometimes. Everybody say sometimes. Like three of you. Everybody say sometimes. God makes us wait until he's ready. Not not when we're ready, but when he's ready. When, When the power went out in the camper and we were dealing with all the chaos in the camper, kids screaming, complete mayhem, Good family fun. (laughs) The kids were giving us a hard time to why we weren't playing the board games right there and then. Imagine that a child being impatient, asking for the wrong things at the wrong time. Dad, we want to play. Dad, when will you come back and, and sit down? Dad, you're taking too long. Meanwhile, Kip's crying. I'm sweating to death. You know, you know what I'm talking about, dads, right? When we're doing all the hard labor. Moms are like, hey, we do that stuff too, right? completely overheated and worked up. Dad, we're hungry. Dad, can we have this? Dad, we're thirsty. Can we go outside and get a drink? Kids! No. (laughs) No. No. There are other things happening right now that need my attention and time, like power, lights, air conditioning, not sweating to death, and a sleeping baby. Don't wake him. Oh, that we would be patient in waiting for God to show up in the big things. And in the small things, we have to be patient. God says, wait two days. Wait. The Bible says Lazarus was in a cave. There was a heavy stone placed in front to seal it. No way in or out, sealed, secured. Jesus Christ, he gets to the tomb and he calls for them to remove the stone. Church, this was a massive boulder blocking the entrance Some of us this morning have huge obstacles in our way, don't we? 
Some of us have strongholds in our lives that are keeping us in the cave, keeping us in the darkness, that are keeping us in the darkness longer than God ever intended for us to stay. And yet we stay there because of the obstacle. We keep giving God reasons. Maybe I'm the only one. We keep giving God reasons to why he can't move it. God, I'm too sick. Have you ever said that before? God, I'm, I'm too addicted. God, I've gone too far. God, I owe too much. Whatever the statement is for you, God is enough. Everybody say, God is enough. God is bigger than your problems. God is bigger than your grudge. God is bigger than your illness. God is bigger than your loneliness. Everybody say, God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. Pastor, you don't know how I'm suffering. God is bigger. You don't know how lonely I am. God is bigger. You don't know what I wrestle with. You don't understand the depression, the darkness. You don't understand the scars. God is bigger. We have to believe that as we follow Jesus. How, How will we ever survive the things that we go through if God isn't enough? If God isn't big enough, you can't handle it. I know I can't. Any spiritual giants in here this morning brave enough to say, listen, I got this. Be careful. God is bigger. Jesus says, remove the stone. I love that. Think of your life. Think of the obstacle. Think of what you're facing and dealing with. Jesus says, remove the stone. But Martha stands in front of Jesus and says, but he's already been dead four days. His body is already decaying. We we read the text. It stinks. Great terminology, right? What's the point? Jesus, what's the point? I hear what you're saying. Remove the stone, but he's already been dead. Four days. You're too late. He's gone. Martha was a close friend. Martha knew Jesus had the ability to heal the sick and restore life. Yet when darkness consumed her life and her situation, she magnified the problem versus the size of her God. You with me? I wonder how many of us in here this morning do the same thing. A bill we can't afford a relationship that we can't fix on our own, an illness that we can't cure. Church, we have to stop magnifying the problem and start magnifying our God, a holy God. Martha's brother was dead. I get it. I I can be in her shoes. I understand her reasoning. I can understand her situation. There was panic and fear. There was emotional issues happening. She was angry and upset. Jesus was supposed to be there, and instead he was two miles away. Jesus, you're too late. The body is decaying. And think about this. Don't miss this part. If you've been sleeping through the entire thing, I'll pray for you, but don't miss this part. Instead of getting out of the way, apply this to your life and your situation. Instead of getting out of the way and letting God be God, she got in the way. Everybody say, get out of the way. Jesus looks at Martha and says something profound here. 
Martha. Didn't I tell you if you believed, you would see the glory of God. But, 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 the way we respond, but, this text preaches all by itself, doesn't it? You don't even need me this morning. Didn't I tell you, Martha, if you believed you would see the glory of God, something marvelous and miraculous is going to happen. I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. I'm going to raise him from the dead. Let me work and get out of the way. Get out of the way. Church, we are missing God's greatest acts and signs because we are lacking faith. Pastor, I'm holding on. Listen, I get it. I'm holding on. I'm fighting with you. We're lacking faith. We're missing His glory because we're choosing to see the problem over the blessing, over the miracle, over the possibilities. The only one who was delaying the process now was Martha. Jesus was ready to do a work in Lazarus' life, in her life, in her sister's life, in her family's life. But her doubt delayed her moment. Right? Her doubt delayed her moment. Maybe your doubt is delaying your moment. Maybe your doubt and your fear is delaying your miracle. For God to respond. For God to act. The Bible says that they removed the stone and Jesus prayed. Listen to what he says. Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know. Picture Jesus at the tomb. In front of a crowd of people. I know you always hear me. Isn't that comforting? But because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they believe that you sent me. That they believe in you. In your work. That this is for your glory. And with a loud voice, Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out. Jesus at the tomb, broken, angry, grieving, buddy dead, drama. Lazarus, come out! Would you imagine the weeping and the emotion? That experience to see Jesus do that? I wonder how many here are waiting for that same call. Everybody say, come out. Say it again like you mean it. The Bible says that sheep know the voice of their shepherd. I hope you hold on to that this morning. Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. John 10, 27-28 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. No one. Amen? Right now, Jesus is calling you to come out. To come out. Maybe you're living in darkness. Pastor, I've got my Sunday best. I look cleaned up. I got it all together. He's at the entrance of the tomb calling you by name. 
Do you feel it? Can you picture him? You know your name. You know your situation. He's at the tomb calling you out of darkness. What's it going to be? The tomb or life? The cave or freedom? Death or life? He's offering salvation. He's offering a rescue. For the believer this morning, he's offering something fresh. Something new. Something real. Try to peel back the deadness in the layers that you've just kind of acquired through life. Don't you want something better? I do. Some of you keep refusing to come out. You know, I love my kids, but... (laughs) You see, there's a but. (laughs) Try to get them out of the water when it's time to go. You know what I'm talking about? When you're at the beach, come out. They're doing their thing. Ryan's going to the water. Caden's floating away in the tube. Kippen's eating dirt. (laughs) Come out. Just oblivious. We're not yelling. We're not those parents. We're yelling. (laughs) Come out of the water! we got to go! It's time to go! And they just keep doing their own thing. I wonder how many here this morning just say, you know what? I'm not ready. It's comfortable. I'm enjoying myself. I like darkness. We stay where we're at because we're afraid to come out. We're afraid to do anything different. Why? When Jesus stands at the tomb, he says, listen, I've got a plan for you, and I'm calling to you. Stop fighting. Keep pursuing. Just stop fighting. Walk by faith. Walk out of your situation by faith. The Bible says, you're going to love this part, the dead man came out walking. The dead man came out walking out of the tomb as people were gathered there broken and grieving and Jesus was angry at himself and he says, Lazarus, come out. I've got a plan for your life. I've got something better. And Lazarus got up dead. Dead. Walked right out of the tomb, bound hand and foot, linen straps with his face covered and Jesus gives him one more command. Unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. The Bible says that Jesus came to set the captives free. If we don't listen, church, physically walk by faith, we choose to live in darkness. We choose to stay in the cave. It's our choice. It's our decision. He doesn't force us. He doesn't make us. It's up to us. It's up to us. The Bible says all who are weary and heavy laden... Come to me and I will give you rest. Every head bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to the worship team come forward and just going to have a time of prayer. You heard the message. Only you know what God is doing in your heart. Only you know what God is doing in your life. Every head bowed, eyes closed. This is between the individual and God and myself. Listen, I just want to pray for you this morning. If you're that believer that is suffering, if you're that believer that's facing darkness and there's loneliness and there's hardships and there's things going on, would you just slip up your hand? I just want to pray for you. Just slip up your hand. Don't be afraid. No one's looking. I see those hands. I see those hands. Listen, God knows your needs. God knows the place that you're in. He knows your hardships and your suffering. He knows your difficulties. I'm going to pray for you. Keep those hands up. Father God, I pray 
that you would cover these individuals that are willing just to simply raise their hand. God, you know their hearts, you know their hardships, you know their suffering. Would you restore the brokenness? Would you heal? Would you do a work in their life? Would you love on them and encourage them, give them a passion for you and a zeal to live for you? God, I pray for those that are hurt and you can put your hands down. Those that have physical suffering, listen, I can relate. I'm suffering right now. God knows. Those hurts, those diagnoses that are terrible and they're grieving you, God, I pray that you would free them. Heal them, if it be your will. Whether it's today or tomorrow, God, I pray you do a work in their life. Those individuals that are here this morning that have got addictions that you just can't break, and there's a stronghold, God, would you give them peace? Would you free them this morning? You've come to set us free. If you're here this morning, you don't know Lord Jesus is your personal Savior, and you are an unbeliever. Would you just slip your hand up? I just want to pray for you. No pressure. Don't be afraid. Jesus stands at the tomb and he says, come out. Come out of darkness. I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you just slip your hand up? I just want to pray with you and pray for you. God is able. Father God, we, we love you. And we thank you for what you're going to do and what you've already done. God, I pray that you build us up and grow this work. And not for ourselves and our own glory, but for your work, your namesake, and your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Everybody stand. Sing with us this last song. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org. And we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.